Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, y'all. I'm Taryn Finley, a senior culture reporter at HuffPost. And this is, I know that's right, a weekly podcast about the latest in culture, entertainment, and trending conversations. You already know where we're going to that sweet spot where mainstream news and the wild west of internet culture collide from the news that makes us say, I know that's right to the mess that's as dead wrong as all y'all Swifties have been in my mentions for three days straight. Give me a break. Oh my God. I'm breaking down the week that was and we've got so much to talk about. Then as always, I'll be bringing in a guest for an in-depth conversation and this week, HuffPost Senior Culture Editor Aaron Evans and I are breaking down the first few episodes of Love is Blind and it's already giving chaotic and embarrassing child. <laughs> this is I Know That's Right. I know that's right. By the grace of the wheels on Usher's skates, we made it to another week, which means y'all already know I gotta go over the news that moved me, whether it was good or bad. But Let's start with the good. This week, I'm saying I know that's right to none other than Beyonce Giselle knows Carter. That's right. My girl said, let me give you a lesson on how to announce a new album during a primetime event with tact. Okay, keyword tact. Beyonce collaborated with Verizon for a Super Bowl ad in this was a big deal before the commercial even aired. I mean, the last time we really saw Beyonce star in a brand's televised commercial was probably Pepsi. I, rem- I know y'all remember them day, them Pepsi days back when she was over there. Um, Hips don't lie in with Shakira. Now, the commercial was fun and it was really refreshing to see Beyonce in a very playful light. The whole bit during the commercial was that she was trying to, quote unquote, break the Internet. But things got real serious when we all heard this. Okay, they ready. Drop the new music. We didn't even have time to recover and gather our edges after Usher's amazing halftime performance before B came around on her horse galloped through our living rooms and gave us emotional whiplash announcing act two she gave us not one but two country singles one was an upbeat diddy called texas hold'em and the other being just this very beautiful vulnerable piece called 16 carriages well i'm i'm a fan of both i'm i'm a fan of both it they just just they're good music okay fuck the Beyonce of it all it's just good music as you know Renaissance was known as act one and she shined a light on house music originating with black queer creators 
And with act two, I think it's safe to say that Beyonce is honoring the black country artist that the genre has tried to erase for so many years. I am just excited. I'm ecstatic to see who she's working with for this album. Already for Texas Hold'em, she tapped Rhiannon Giddens, who is a woman working to educate folks that the banjo originated with black artists before being whitewashed. She plays the banjo on this song, on Texas Hold'em. And it's just like, oh my God, during Black History Month already, like we are getting our things from Beyonce. I'm really hoping that we see her work with and pay homage to Brittany Howard, Mickey Guyton, Tracy Chapman, and so many other people who've just been overlooked and erased in the genre. And I'm excited to head to the hoedown too, okay? Don't get me wrong. With this one, especially, especially, I'm not from the South, but I got country roots, okay? I'm really looking forward to learning more about country music's black history that has gone so uncovered for too long. Get ready, girls. We got until March 29th when the album drops to get our square dancing together. Okay, Yeehaw Agenda is live and well. Mm. Now for this next story, you know, I'm asking, mm, is that right? The FDA is gearing up to propose a plan to ban formaldehyde in relaxers. For those who don't know what a relaxer is, it's a hair straightening product that many black women use or have used. The proposal comes after researchers began sounding the alarm on adverse health effects on women, including links to uterine cancer. And now I, I want us to, to use our common sense caps. OK, formaldehyde on its own just sounds crazy. It sounds so crazy. We knew how toxic it was when we learned that in sophomore chemistry class. I'm glad that they're finally doing this, but it does feel too little too late. I learned about this story in Phil Lewis's newsletter notes and something that honestly just needs to be done expeditiously. Like, what are we proposing? Just do it now. This is a public health concern, especially with a lot of the girlies still getting relaxers. And also a lot of older generations are moms and grandmoms still going off that creamy crack like formaldehyde like come on y'all and I know that the FDA isn't always involved in beauty and hair care products but this is really <laughs> this is bad like this is this is this is so concerning and to have it in a product that has been heavily marketed towards black women it's just that's so gravely concerning. It's bad enough that many of us, myself included, spent years, even as children, getting relaxers either to assimilate, manipulate our hair to quote unquote behave or all of these things. I'm glad that it's finally happening and that the FDA is prioritizing this because it needs to be. But I just wish that it would have been a priority decades ago especially as a lot of the girls are returning to relaxers after the natural hair movement was like such a big thing. And listen, don't get me wrong. You should do what you want to do 
and wear your hair the way that you want to wear your hair. But the fact that there's been formaldehyde in some brands, like I want us to take this very seriously, read the ingredients, do what you can, do the research if you're going to continue to use it, because at the end of the day, it is a chemical that we are applying to our scalps. Now, let's talk about the dead wrong of the week. Right after the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl, President Joe Biden or whoever is running that X Twitter, whatever account, shared a dark Brandon meme. And it was a photo, a darkened photo of him with these red laser beams shooting out of his eyes with the caption, just like we drew it up. I guess it was his way of getting in on the Brandon meme joke that right wing folks drew up essentially saying that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift's relationship is a conspiracy theory. The context behind the meme is less important here because the tweet was already unnecessary and lame, but it became really sinister and ugly in a different way. As we learned that while we were watching the Super Bowl game, Israel launched an attack on Rafah killing at least 67 Palestinians. This attack is now known as the Super Bowl massacre. This genocide happening in Gaza is just beyond heart-wrenching. The lack of urgency to stop the erasure of generations of Palestinians, children, pregnant women, journalists, doctors, you name it. It's just... I don't even have words for it. This is, of course, a decades-long struggle, but since October 7th, tens of thousands have died overall, and nearly 30,000 Palestinians have died in this war. Millions in aid and resources have been donated since Israel cut off Gaza's access to food, clean water, fuel, internet, and so many other necessities. I've never seen such an urgent crisis as this one in my lifetime and it's literally a humanitarian disaster and as more attacks loom on Rafah where millions of Palestinians are sheltering Biden is doing damage control after that tweet like god he tweeted on Monday quote I give you my word I'm working day and night to find the means to bring all the hostages home, to erase the humanitarian crisis, to end the terror threat, and to bring peace to Gaza and Israel, an enduring peace with two states for two peoples. This whole meme fiasco and all of that, like, it's feeling like more and more each presidential election cycle that it's more important to pander to millennials in Gen Z using this like internet language and it's just not sitting right especially when you're doing that at the time when you should be outwardly condemning a genocide that's happening before our eyes a recent NBC story reported that Biden is frustrated trying to get Israel's prime minister to agree to a ceasefire but policy has not budged and the U.S. is still selling weapons to aid to genocide. A ceasefire is past due. 
And I'm not going to act like I am a foreign policy specialist or that I know every single thing about this story, but I do know what's right and what's wrong. And I also know that Biden's camp needs to stop making TikToks and memes and actually do something to condemn the violence, point blank, period. It doesn't make any sense. If you want to read more coverage about what's going on with this war, I'm really proud of HuffPost coverage, specifically senior diplomatic correspondent Akbar Ahmed has been doing some phenomenal and thorough work on this beat. Make sure you stay informed on what's going on. I know that this story is not necessarily what you would probably expect from my dead wrong of the week, but it I felt like it needed to be said. Yeah, we 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 just have to stay informed and really know what's going on. I know that was a lot, y'all, but those are the stories of the week. Don't go anywhere because we're gonna shift gears, talk about something a little lighter. Love is blind is back. And HuffPost Senior Culture Editor Aaron Evans is going to join me in a few to get into the messiness this season is already starting out with. Stay tuned because more I Know That's Right is coming up. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Welcome back to I Know That's Right, y'all. All right, y'all, it's the most chaotic time of the year. A new season of Love is Blind is out on Netflix. And this time, they brought singles from Charlotte, North Carolina together. The show has no doubt become my guilty pleasure. And even though I've had my complaints about the show the last few seasons, and apparently so have a lot of previous castmates, there's something especially trifling about this season in particular that has me excited to see where it goes, but it wouldn't be fun if I sat here all by myself and talked y'all ears off about it. Senior culture editor and fellow reality TV junkie Aaron Evans is here to chat about it all with me. Hey, Aaron, thanks for joining me. Hey, Taryn, happy to be here, obviously, especially to talk about reality TV, but you know, I know you've been wanting to do this podcast for a while and it's great to listen to you every week. Yay, thanks. And y'all, Aaron's my boss. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, shout out to the girl. Okay. For always advocating, for always advocating. But before we get into Love is Blind, we have to talk about one of the most important things that happened this week. Tell me how you feel about that Usher show on Sunday. Oh, you know, I was living. Um, I was standing up in front of my TV 
in my apartment alone in Brooklyn, people were like, oh, what are you doing? I will be standing two inches from my TV watching Usher tonight. Um, and it was great. Um, he was incredible. He did almost everything I expected him to do. Um, he brought out the roller skates. He had the women on the poles dancing um, like they have been in his show um, in his Las Vegas residency. He surprised me with some a couple of his song choices. Um, yeah. He opened with Caught Up. That, I was like, shocked. That threw me. I, I was so pleasantly surprised. So present, pleasantly surprised. That's like one of my favorite Usher songs that I sometimes forget about until I hear it again. But he had so many great like other like oma- the homage to Michael Jackson with the glove. Yes. It was just it was I couldn't have asked for much more. Yeah. <laughs> other it than was, maybe five more minutes of Usher. absolutely like two extra minutes just weren't enough. I mean, like you hit the nail on the head. There are so many so many songs that he could have done. And I think that's just a testament to his career, to his catalog. And the fact that like he was talking his shit on the stage. He said, we brought Atlanta to the whole wide world. And absolutely it did. It felt like that early to mid 2000s energy. It just felt so good. It felt like it felt very much like, okay, the South got something to say and it's saying it. Listen, and I said, it's about time. Listen, whoever thought Usher could not handle a Super Bowl performance, how dare you? But also, don't you feel stupid now? Like you should feel stupid. The lies, the lies, (laughs) the lies. (laughs) But, you know, you know, I could talk about this all day, but we are here to talk about Love is Blind. Let's go ahead and get into it. Did you have any hopes or expectations for season six, especially because, you know, the past few seasons have been a little a little shaky warrior. So I'm wondering what you expected going into this season. Honestly, at this point with Love is Blind, I have zero expectations for the show. Obviously, there are several lawsuits out there against Netflix and that production company that produces the show. And at this point, I think I watch the show in the same way that I watch any other dating reality show just to see mess that has nothing to do with me. And I can watch a few episodes and then forget about those people for a few weeks and for a week at least, and then watch them again the next week. It's sad that people have had terrible experiences through the show but it's also wonderful that some people have had really great experiences and found the loves of their lives. And I will keep tuning in until it feels like I'm at a point where either I don't care about this experiment of not seeing someone until um, you've proposed to them, but Netflix is going Netflix. You know, they're like, we know people are going to watch this show regardless of what's going on. So we giving y'all the content that y'all clearly keep tuning into. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it is their top performing reality TV show. So, you know, I don't blame them at the same time. It's like, it's a mess that they clearly need to clean up around there. But, you know, we're here to talk about season six and these first six episodes that have dropped so far. Let's start out in the pods. We're going to do a nice quick little overview for y'all because 
If y'all want something more in-depth, go ahead and go over to HuffPost. We are live blogging all episodes this season as they drop. But let's start off with these first six episodes. And in the pods, I was really happy to see what seemed like a few more black girls on the show this season. I believe I counted five. But of course, the show focused on one in particular ad her real name is amber desiree which i think is so cute i know i'm like girl you shortening that name and it's beautiful why it's just like for what (laughs) for what (laughs) first impressions i really like her but she's gotten herself into a really unusual love triangle with matthew and clay let's talk about matthew first okay where do we begin where do we begin? Let, let's begin with that list of questions that he came in asking these ladies to pick a number one through 20 because he has questions for them. The way if I was on the other side of that wall, I would have been like, if you don't put them numbers and questions away, we are going to have a real conversation. Like, what is this? I, this is not an automated system. Like, why are you why are you doing this in this way? It's very it was very strange to me. It immediately set off red flags for me in terms of like his communication style, but also his ability to actually listen and care about what people say. Like he quickly proved that he didn't really care. <laughs> people had to say. And so I was over him immediately. First two dates that they showed of him. It was it was it was a wrap for me. His shit was so methodical. And even yes. in the confessional, he's like, well, I don't. I'm from this little town of however many hundred. And I don't know how to make emotional connection. And it's just like when you go into any type of like approach to have a relationship with somebody new, using formulaic scientific whatever the hell you thought like it comes off as manipulative because it is absolutely because it is but i think that like that kind of window that he had of like maybe realness or or perceive you know perceived genuine genuineness if that's the word truly truly (laughs) you know i i think that like I think that he he showed AD that like small window because he probably was frustrated that his 20 questions weren't working and AD's a sweetheart. So she very much was like, oh, tell me more. She gives me very much like I can fix him. Oh, absolutely. She kind of alluded to that in her confessional interviews and saying that like she'll see a red flag on a man and paint her nails red. And I said, oh, my God. I understand that. And I also hate that for her. I hate that for anybody who does anything like that. And she seemed to find, she seems to have always found men who needed some kind of fixing or were playboys. And, you know, even in her conversations with Matthew, it, 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 it almost made me feel like, okay, maybe Matthew has something going on. Like, it tricked me into believing that he was a real person who really wanted to show up to this experiment and actually meet someone only for that glimmer of time in that one episode (laughs) where they're having those conversations. And then we quickly see that he is the robot that we all thought he was in the first place. He said, 
He said, America loves an underdog. I have all of America <laughs> on my side right now. And I'm just like, okay, you are the American psycho that I thought you were. Yeah, absolutely. And then he ran after Amber. I know. I The fact that he was wait. dating two ladies named Amber also. <laughs> I'm just like... <laughs> I'm just like, okay, like, oh my it, God. It, it's, it, this is too much. This it is was too much. too much. And it also was like, clearly some producer or casting person saw something in Matthew to where they were like, we're putting him on the show. We will see what drama unfolds and we're just going to roll with it. And I cannot wait until... Amber posts about her experience um, on the show. Um, And if you haven't all the way caught up, essentially Amber leaves the show because she finds out that Matthew was saying the same things to her and AD. Um, And go, go, go. First of all, go Amber. Go Amber. Girl. Girl said, I ain't (laughs) up for this BS. I'm out of here. But I can't wait to see what she posts on social media about her experience. Like she deserves to share what happened with her after she left. And I hope she slammed the door in Matthew's face wherever she was. Like Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, I really wish that AD would have taken a page out of her book, especially Absolutely. after she realizes, okay, Matthew was telling me and this girl the same thing. I have this other connection with Clay, who is this kind of immature playboy. Mm-hmm. It's giving me very much like you peaked in college and it's just literally yeah. like I don't I don't know what's up there. It feels like very much what's not clicking. You're performing. Exactly. You're performing for TV. I don't know what it is about clay i do but i'm just like okay i I need to try to fit figure out and put my finger on it you know i think clay to your point has like he reached a level of maturity and then just like didn't keep progressing even though in the course of the first six episodes you see him kind of saying oh ad you've changed how i think about things or she stopped me from doing this and i'm like Let's not overplay how much transformation you've had over the course of these few weeks of this process. Like we see in real time that you're it's almost like he's recognizing that he's on TV and realizing he's acting a fool and then kind of trying to quickly course correct. I just feel like A.D. deserves so much more. And I'm very curious to see how the next few episodes play out as they continue the honeymoon because ooh, it seems ooh, it seems not all the way right that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> okay let's let's put a pin in that because i just want to talk about that a little bit more but first i want to get into another love rhombus uh, it's, it's a little bit <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit more than a triangle yeah but you know Chelsea is over here filling Trevor and Jimmy. Jimmy is over here filling Chelsea and Jessica. Let's break this down. Let's break this all the way down. Which dynamic in all of that stood out to you the most and why? You know, it's tough because so many of their names are similar. Jimmy and Johnny, I was getting them confused throughout the whole 
first six episodes and that was an issue for me. (laughs) (laughs) But I think we could let's start with talking about Jessica and Jimmy. Jessica is the first contestant, I believe the first contestant on um, Love is Blind to have a child coming into the process. She's a 10 year old daughter. And Jessica, to me, seems like the person who came into this experiment, knowing what she was looking for, knowing that she had to reveal this information about herself, but also knowing that she wanted to, you know, meet a genuine connection. She's also a person who's very direct, says what she means, wants you to be able to communicate with her. Meanwhile, Jimmy on the other side (laughs) is... Definitely came into the experience seemingly wide open, but also isn't really great at communicating about most things, but especially about his feelings and didn't seem ready for the pace of this experiment. Um, And so Jessica is like ready to choose him and he's all like, well, um, well, just stammering throughout their whole little moment where she has basically written him a letter saying, I'm trying to be with you. It left me annoyed because I'm like, I don't really like Jimmy and Jessica deserves to like continue this process. But I also just was conflicted about Jimmy's other person who he is essentially ends up getting engaged to. And I, don't feel like she's right for him either. And so Jimmy is in the middle of this conundrum where he don't know what the hell he's doing and other people around him aren't helping him get to that. And he clearly needs that. And so it's very much a situation (laughs) where I'm like, this is going to be bad no matter what happens at the end. And I just know that there is more drama afoot and I'm here for it because it's not my drama. It's so but. ugly, but it's so fun to watch. <laughs> I know it is. It's so fun to watch. What I thought was interesting about Jessica and Jimmy's dynamic is how much it was mirroring Trevor and Chelsea's. Mm. Because Trevor yes, and both so Trevor true. and Jessica, they were so outward about their feelings and what they wanted and how much they wanted someone to see them for who they were, yep. but also how willing they were to do that for their connections. Yep. Now, Jimmy and Chelsea, on the other hand, were very much, they didn't know what the hell they wanted at all coming into this experiment. I mean, head in the clouds in the worst way, on their own planet, Truly. not really understanding the repercussions of the repercussions of making connection with people without having your own shit together. And that's what we see from both Jimmy and Chelsea, which is why I think they deserve each other because even though they're not right for each other, the hell that they sent their connections through and Trevor took it way better than Jessica. We going to get on Jessica in a minute. I, <laughs> I stand her. I want nothing but good things for her. Oh my God. The way that she cleared Jimmy when he said, I just can't. Huh? 
She I'm, said, I'm getting ahead of myself, but we have to. <laughs> but we have to tell them what she said. She said, when you see me, you're going to choke. You're going to choke. <laughs> I said, Jessica said she has to get her licks in because she she knows she is the prize and yes. he is going to feel stupid. And I just know that he she's correct. <laughs> That's the funny part. That singular line is the fa- my favorite thing that's ever happened on this show. I know. My favorite. She cursed that man with that line and he felt it. And he felt it because even after he proposed to Chelsea, mm. he sat up in that um, <laughs> confessional and gave the Freudian slips of all Freudian slips of talking about, oh, that's why I chose Jessica oh i mean chelsea <laughs> you literally choked already already choking and you haven't choking. seen her you haven't even seen my girl and you're choking I, it's so crazy the moments like that is when i love netflix producers and editors because it's like they could have easily let him say that again they could have easily let they said no we're here for violence they're messy. <laughs> I, they're messy i love it i love it like I, I love it specifically when it's people who need to be get, who need to get caught up in a mess. Absolutely. And then I feel bad for Trevor. He's just over there, just such a sweetheart, looking like a lumberjack with his he really mullet. Does. And just like was what didn't pressure Chelsea is very much like, oh, I love you. You know, you don't have to say it back, but I just want to let you know how I feel. I'm like, oh so beautiful but trevor also kind of got got into chelsea too because he said he did he did if i had proposed to you first what would you have done and she was she was shocked she was stunned she couldn't even say anything i was (laughs) like the woman was too stunned to speak (laughs) exactly (laughs) i was like oh my god um and i i what i appreciated about trevor in that moment is he just asked realistic questions that like anybody on this experiment or not would want to know like if we were vibing and we were good i told you i loved you first if i had proposed that day like what would happen and it's like when she couldn't give an answer to me it was clear i'm like you would have said yes you just going wherever the wind blows you just out here (laughs) literally dealing with this experiment as best as you can and it's gonna make for some messy drama down the line because obviously the people who didn't get chosen get to meet their previous matches at some point. And that always ends up stirring up a bit of mess. So I, I am anxiously waiting those episodes because it's, it's going to be a mess for sure. There's less drama with the other couples that got engaged. And, you know, I, I, I didn't pay too, too close attention to them. I mean, you know, you have child. I'm gonna forget names. Amy and Amy and Johnny. Johnny. Amy and Johnny. Yeah. They're gonna. They're gonna end up taking it. Like they. Absolutely. They're in love. They're Absolutely. in love, and I'm. I'm happy for them. I am interested in seeing not only how um, that dynamic works out, but also Amy and Johnny and Kenneth and Brittany work through. You know those like those cultural differences that will present themselves i think that you know 
a lot of times, like, yes, it's idealistic to think like, oh, yeah, you know, like, you know, our love will prevail. But right there, I think that A.D. had a really good conversation with Kenneth during the honeymoon, you know, when she brought up, like, if you all decide to have kids, this woman is going to be raising black children, you know. And for both Amy and Kenneth, this is their first time actually dating outside of their race. So that that is going to be interesting. It will be interesting. I, I hope that the show and I, I'm sure it will um, show some of those conversations that uh, Kenneth and Brittany will inevitably have to have about that. Um, and, you know, meeting each other's families and, and seeing what that dynamic looks like. It'll be interesting to see. And I hope that there are some really good conversations that come out of it. Obviously, it could get a little messy, but these things, you know, interracial dating obviously is nothing new, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out um, on this series, this particular season. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go ahead and get into this honeymoon because the honeymoon <laughs> episodes are always my favorite. Yes. Because the whole cast gets drunk. And meets Absolutely. everyone for the first time. And someone is bound to show their ass. Absolutely. And a few people did. A few people did. Already. 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 Like, oh, right. They're drunk now. They're, They're drunk. drunk now. That first conversation between the girls, like where they're all sitting under a tree, I think that is where it started to be lights, camera, action for me. Like, okay, it's go time. It's it's yep. about to it's about to get really ugly because I want to know what you noticed about about that scene. Obviously, when you're you're first coming out of the pods and you're meeting us, you're continuing conversations with women who you've built bonds with. Obviously, but now you have you can really talk about who you're partnered with, what those first impressions have been, and. I don't know. I, I don't know if I really felt anything particular about that particular conversation. But as the weekend went on or as that night, that first night went on and they're drinking more and drinking more and that you kind of start to see the dynamics between like Laura and A.D. and Chelsea against honestly all of the other women. It was very I was very quick to notice like okay, this is going to be tough, for, especially for Chelsea as someone who seems like she's just not as sure of herself as she would like to be. And seeing her soon-to-be husband, possibly soon-to-be husband, her fiancé, kind of react to the rest of the women in in, um, in person was really like everyone needs to like back up and abort mission a little bit. <laughs> I think... It's so interesting how you can just always tell who's lying because <laughs> like it, I don't know what, like, I don't know what that like human instinct is when you can just like tell like, oh, you're lying. And I saw that not only with Chelsea lying about how, great her marriage was starting or excuse me her engagement to jimmy was starting out among the women that whole huge shit i'm like (laughs) girl (laughs) calm down calm down and then you have 
Jimmy over here running around Doing talking the same about things. talking about oh my god I'm so happy I'm the happiest guy I'm the happiest person out here everything's perfect and it's just like y'all are trying to convince yourselves because no one else around you believes that like they're going to check up on my girl because she's running away crying because you talking about how stacked AD is and then coming over, not reading the room, talking about, oh, yeah, we all dated. What y'all put on? What y'all write? Y'all, my notebook about me. Oh, I wasn't y'all, y'all first selection. It's giving just big cornball energy. And like, even though Chelsea very much has some growing to do, like she doesn't deserve the amount of corniness that that this man is displaying. At all. Honestly, I don't really have anything else to say about them because they actually really irk me so much watching the show. Um, but it's just, it's wild to watch, like you said, people make up stories in their head because again, they're realizing they're on television. Some of these moments are going to be, um, make the show and not end up on the editing room floor, but to be able to be like, we're, we're great. We're doing everything. And it's like, you literally barely can look at her. Um, and Uh, every right. time she asks you something, you can't respond in a real way. And then on her end, she's always, here's the thing about Jimmy that's actually really annoying me is that he keeps harping on the looks thing in a way of trying to reaffirm her, but it also is off-putting because it makes it sound like he's trying to convince himself that he is attracted to her. And like he may have some attraction, but I think his initial reaction was like, "This ain't Megan Fox. This ain't Megan Fox. <laughs> That's number one. That was his first reaction. That was his first, and yes. Like, who told you you look like Megan Fox, and why did you tell me that you look like Megan Fox? Because you don't. <laughs> but also, even once he got past that, I don't. I'm not sure that he was actually attracted to her. Telling her that the first thing he noticed her about her was her teeth. Sir, please, please stop this. Give it up. Stop this. It was just a mess. And and there's going to be a lot of mess with that. I can already see that from a mile away. Yeah. Okay. Can we talk about the bean dip moment? Because (laughs) first off, I was like, what the fuck is a bean dip? Like this. I have never never heard heard that before in my life. Never, never, never like that. That is just some terminology that's in circles that I'm not in. But I think what was most alarming for that, like for me about that is like everybody here continues to sexualize AD in Mm -hmm. a way that like, I know she she has to be aware of it. Maybe it doesn't right. bother her and she's just like, whatever, like it's just another day. But it really is from Clay to to Jimmy to Laura and Jeremy and whomever else. Like everyone continues to talk about her body. And it's not cute. It's not cute at all. And I don't I don't know why she thought that it was a the bean dip thing like apparently you are swiping someone's boob up and down or in a crop like it's it's strange and she and she joked that to tell her husband like oh you should go bean dip ad like what what who does that first of all who who calls it bean dip i need to know 
who calls it that? Where did that and start? then two, <laughs> why would he, why would she say that? And why would he do it? And, right. and why was it funny? It's not right. funny. Right. It was, I can't. Yeah. It, that was just a weird moment that went on way too long. I feel like in the episode where I'm just like, it's gross. I also appreciated how um, AD and confronting Laura about it was like making sure she understood it. Like, it's really not funny. Also, like my husband doesn't think it's funny. So stop trying to keep writing it off as a joke. And Laura was like hell bent on kind of, it was just supposed to be funny. And then, but AD just never let her off the hook on that. And I appreciated that because often on these shows and moments like that, you know, someone can be like, oh, okay, whatever. But she was like, no, don't tell my husband to relax. Like, he feels crazy about it. He doesn't know what you're talking about. This was an inside joke. Inside jokes are never funny to other people. So, like, why would you do that? And also, like, touching someone when they don't want to be touched is That's like... Assault. Assault. Like what? Assault. What are you doing? Why like, did you like? Why did you joke about about assaulting this woman? It's Especially, weird. It, it's so weird. It's it's so weird. I don't know why they did that. I don't know why Laura couldn't just like take accountability and apologize for it. Right. I right. I think that that was even more strange. I like that. AD held her feet to the fire and stood on business. And it seems like she's the only one (laughs) of this cast really standing on business when it comes to drama coming her way. I am interested, however, in seeing how Clay is able to show up for her in the way that like, it's clear that she's able to show up and defend him and be there emotionally and give that support for him because even in their one-on-one conversations like I'm I'm not always convinced that he is is there um on the same level as her even in like that moment where she's like I have I keep having this recurring like thought or dream that I'm walking down the aisle by him by myself and he says why forgetting that her father died. Right. And yeah. that was just such a huge red flag for me. Yeah, it it was for me too. And I, on one hand, I did appreciate him like engaging with her and like, he did kind of quickly kind of correct himself. To his credit, it very much seems like he has no idea what it means to, and maybe this isn't to his credit, but like he... it's not to his credit that he doesn't know anything because you should know things but he really just doesn't seem like he knows anything about being married right or or just like marriage or like relationship to be honest but like absolutely especially marriage because you're going on a show in which the goal is to get married you don't know that you're that the man the man gets a wedding band you don't know (laughs) that like like simple like do you know what a vow is right that's why i was (laughs) like what is happening like his lack of knowledge about that is is clearly a, a red flag to me because it's like if you just don't even know the mechanics, I know you don't know how like the dynamics of um, 
complimenting your partner in terms of like balancing them out or helping them through things or just being there when they have feelings about things and understanding where it's coming from. Like to me, he's just like deer in the headlights anytime AD says something. And I'm just like, oh, gosh, somebody help him. Anybody. She's going to be doing a lot of work in that relationship if it if they continue and you know we're already seeing that folks aren't afraid to say like I want to go home Jeremy is (laughs) is right there like you know what I don't know who this lady is get me back to my four walls so I'm I am curious in seeing like who's gonna walk off and who's gonna like stop that's something that we saw a lot of last Mm -hmm. season couples (laughs) whose storylines didn't even air so much going on so i'm i'm interested in seeing who's gonna walk away and i want it to be ad oh absolutely (laughs) and i wouldn't be mad if jeremy walked away too one subplot from the honeymoon episodes that i really liked was how my man my man my man amy was every time some shit would pop off she'd be like got a blast <laughs> where's johnny because <laughs> because she said, she said johnny i love you so much i do you're my guy da, da, da. these other couples are crazy i'm so lucky uh I'm, I know that like that's not going to last and they're going to have their like, bumps, but like that was just especially hilarious to me. <laughs> I thought it was good, too, because I forget about them. Like I when they come on the screen, I'm like, oh, right they're You know, they're the couple I am, am rooting for and I think are going to make it. But like they just have zero drama. So like seeing her being like, that's my man. I'm going to stick beside him always is like wonderful to see because everybody most of the other couples feel like crash and burn at any moment um so she was funny like just kind of prancing around the honeymoon like i got my man i don't know what were your overall thoughts of these first six episodes first i think it's seems different this this season that they're showing us six episodes on the first week i feel like we normally get like three or four Four. So I don't know if we it was that we had more time in the pods or that there's just more couples um, or what. But before starting it, I was like, oh, my goodness, six episodes. But I found myself like kind of breezing through them and feeling like I got a good sense of who each of the characters, characters, who each of the castmates were and like what their vibe is even when I you know I I may write off Amy and Johnny as being kind of boring but I I still feel like once we get into the nitty-gritty of the honeymoon and then moving in together it'll feel um we'll see some some more things happen as as they get to know each other um even more and then I think we had enough of them we had enough drama to balance out the the couples who I feel like are just gonna go through the process and say, I do. Um, And so I enjoyed it. I didn't feel icky watching it. Like I kind of thought I might considering all of the drama that's going on with Netflix and the experiences of some of the other, like the previous castmates. So I'm definitely going to be locked in. Obviously we're going to be live blogging it every week and um, chatting with y'all about it. 
it it often confirms like thoughts that I've had while watching it. And sometimes, you know, we don't we disagree. And and I think that that um, gives us a lot of fodder to kind of dig into as we you know cover the the season. Yeah, absolutely. We think that Amy and Johnny are going to go all the way. But do you have any other early predictions? AD and Clay, I don't think they'll make it to the altar. Um, I think I don't think Chelsea and um, Jimmy will make it to the altar either. I think Kenneth and Brittany will make it to the altar. I'm not convinced that they'll get married. Jeremy and Laura, they might make it to the altar. Who am I forgetting? I think that's everybody. And if there's if it's not, then we forgot them for a reason. We did. We, we forgot did. them for a reason. Let's be let's be really honest about that. Okay? Yeah. Listen. <laughs> what can I say? How long do you think we have before the Love Is Blind bubble bursts? Because I I feel like I feel like it it's coming. I think this season could be make or break for a lot of audience people, just because. I imagine these, you know, these cases will continue to get more traction and there will be more news out of out of that. And I think I do think some people are already wary of watching the show. So I think depending on what happens this season, we'll be able to tell. They might have two or three more seasons in them, but we'll ha- we'll have to see. But you know, Look how many seasons of 90 Day Fiance Child. and Married at First Sight we've had. Okay, The Bachelor. When the Bachelor, the Bachelorette, all of those franchises, and we, they still on every week, <laughs> every single week. But you know what? I I do appreciate the kind of variety of of dating shows that we have on now, and I know Absolutely. that you know there's a lot of oversaturation of Love Is Blind content. But I do want to get into what we're watching specifically in love and dating reality TV that we're mm-hmm. not talking enough about what's on your list um you know i watch um own network a lot and that network has several uh dating shows or relationship re- shows um that air um one of them that's on right now that's kind of still at the beginning of its season is ready to love which features all black singles who are in one city um, who want to get matched up with someone within that group of cast members. They're in your hometown this this season, aren't they? They're in Fort Worth. Oh, okay. 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 That's really like, they are separate cities, but the Dallas Fort Worth, Fort Worth Metroplex is a thing. Um, And so, the show is hosted by um, nephew Tommy, and uh, it's produced and created by Will Packer. So much of reality dating shows are like mostly white. Um, and what I love about this show is it's all black singles, um, and a lot of the singles are in their thirties, sometimes in their forties, sometimes on their second marriage. Um, often they have kids from previous relationships or marriages. And so we really get to see a, 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 in many ways, a wider dynamic of what it's like to be single and dating in a city than we do with some of these other series. Um, and it's been going on for several se- seasons now. And um, 
What's interesting about Ready to Love this season, though, is at least when I'm looking online and, you know, kind of trying to see what other people are talking about the series, there's a there is some fatigue there, even with a show like Ready to Love, because people really do want to see real love stories play out on television. You know, they want to see something that feels real and authentic. Ready to Love hasn't had a ton of success with building long lasting relationships. There have been a few, but it's interesting to watch people chat and get mad about the dynamics on the show. The overarching conversation right now is around the men who are on this show and why they aren't as um, they aren't as ready to love as the women who have showed up to the show for sure. a number of reasons. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because it is nice. I mean, as a single black woman myself, I like to see what people are going through in their dating experiences and uh, knowing that I'm not the only one facing these issues is can be reassuring. Um, but also those shows can get those shows get just as messy as a uh, bachelor or bachelorette. And so it's it's fun to see that with people who look like me on my TV screen. I love Ready to Love. Yeah. So much. It has its flaws, like you said. Absolutely. And I think that they could do a better job at not only casting, but also making sure that the issues that specifically the women in the cast each season the issues that they bring to light are taken seriously, not only by hosts, but production and yep. all of that. And also on that show, I'm kind of tired of the men talking about every time um, it like clockwork every time it's always, Oh, I see her more as a home girl. Every, every, they it, just said that the other episode. Yes. It, <sighs> the women, they have these, you know, really well thought out reasons as to why the men get voted off. And when it comes time for the men to vote women off, it's like, Oh, she cool. She's just a home girl. Oh, she don't open up enough. And it's just like, okay, that's, that's very tired. That's very tired. As someone who has been lumped into that category many a time, <laughs> I hate when they say it because I'm like, but don't you want a partner who you want to be your friend and who you want to hang with and who you feel like you can talk to? Like, isn't that part of the basis of a relationship? They don't, I don't understand they don't that. They, <laughs> they don't think. They just don't think. Okay. They don't think. But yeah. Before we get out of here, we have to talk about something exciting that Aaron and I have been working on these past few months. And that is Black Love on our terms that is the our black history month project that merges black love and our history and the beauty that it is to explore black love in all of its forms be it romantic platonic familial all of that Aaron you want to tell them a little bit more about it of course um we actually just published our uh, first piece, um, which features um, Wendy and Eddie Osefo from The Real Housewives of Potomac. And we get into the nitty gritty about their relationship and how it started and how they really just built this bond that they hope and want to last forever. Um, the piece is 
written by Taryn beautifully, but also is beautifully uh, photographed by um, one of our favorite photographers to work with here at HuffPost, Nate Palmer. And um, we have a video with them where we capture really this palpable chemistry that the couple has. And, you know, if you're fans of Real Housewives of Potomac, what I loved about this project in particular is that we really got to see a different side of Eddie and and Wendy through our conversation with them um, and just getting to meet them in person. And like, they're just regular, a regular Black couple in love who happen to be on a reality TV show that kind of pivots off of, you know, why you really should love them, which is that their love story is really beautiful. And so we get to capture that in this piece. And so we also will have several other interviews and photo essays with other Black couples that we love, um, which I'll save the names of those for you to just hop on to HuffPost.com to, to read those later this month. We also featured um, some really great personal essays from writers who talk about um, Bell Hooks's book, All About Love. It's the 25th anniversary of that release this year. We have a piece from the founder of a self-love collective called Black Yard Collective, um, which is uh, a group that centers the experiences of Black and queer recovering addicts who needed a space for to commune with people who look like them to talk about their issues, um, not only with addiction, but um, showing up as their authentic selves as Black queer people in America today. It's a beautiful piece. And, you know, we're also going to have a little bit of fun. I'm working on some lists of like our favorite Black TV couples on TV and film, along with a piece from Michael Arsenault, one of my favorite contributors and, and a friend who wrote about the trajectory of dating culture conversations online. We talk about the $200 date. We talk about going to the Cheesecake Factory for dates. <laughs> we talk about everything you conversation you've ever seen on social media about what it means to date in the 21st century. And um, it's a fun piece. He's hilarious. Um, and so I can't wait for people to be able to check that out. Yay. I love this project so much. I really hope y'all get into it and now we have to get into a few more things with you Aaron a quick okay. little rapid fire what's getting you through the week honestly you know what was getting me through the week is that uh we put a lot of hard work into this uh black love project and all of that is 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 finally making its way to hopepost.com um but also Usher is getting me through this week. I'm still living off the vibes of his Super Bowl performance. I have been listening to his album on repeat. I've been listening to old um, Usher songs uh, throughout the week. And if nothing else, Usher is going to always put a smile on my face. So that's what I'm living off of. I'm also just very much thinking far ahead to um September when I finally see him in concert okay period where are you going to and the Barclay show I am going to the Barclay show so glad he added two extra shows because I think that's the only reason why I, the only way I was able to get a ticket to oh same him. girl I'll probably be in the building with you <laughs> yes yes <laughs> 
What's one thing you know is right? If nothing else, a Black woman is always going to show up for you. I know that for sure. Period. And done. I know that's right. Where can folks find you and support your work? I'm on Twitter at Hair and Evans. Um, I rarely tweet anymore because that place is not the same as it once was. And I'm on Instagram at HeyAaronEvans.com. I owe myself several pieces that I need to write. So you'll see me on HuffPost.com very soon. There it is. Thank you so much, Aaron. I really appreciate you. Of course. This is so fun. All right, that's the show, y'all. Huge thank you to Aaron for joining me this week. Thank you all for listening. As always, I want to know what y'all want to hear on the show. So if there's a topic, story, anything that you want me to explore, hit me up at underscore tearing it up and follow the show page on TikTok and Instagram at I-K-T-R-P-O-D. That's I Know That's Right Pod. This show is produced by ACAST and recorded in Brooklyn. All right, y'all. Until next time. Bye.